I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Krafchick, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hi, Datables. Welcome to another episode of the Datable Podcast. We are UA and Julie, your dating Sherpas, your dating confidants, your dating BFFs. You can call us whatever you want, as long as it's a nice word. As long as it's nice. Yeah, exactly. You can call us whatever nickname, as long as it's a good one. Yeah, keep it positive. I feel like so exciting. We got this email that we were number one in all of social sciences category. On good pods. On good pods. Yeah, this new, what is it, like a curation? site mm-hmm. that you can you know discover Explore. podcasts yeah but we were number okay so the first day we were number one we got this email then we checked in and we had dropped to number two which is still a good achievement yeah we were behind hidden brain which is like from like a phd it's huge super <laughs> reputable podcast my boyfriend listens to it and i just was like look Look who is behind Hidden Brain, <laughs> your favorite podcast. Your girlfriend is so damn smart. <laughs> Don't ever forget it. I mean, yeah. that's huge for us. It's been a roller coaster of rankings. For anybody who's in podcasting, you get put on all these lists. And sometimes you're like, I don't know, one million you know, <laughs> and five or whatever. We get happy when we're in the top 100 because that's huge. There are yeah. millions and millions of podcasts out there. But to be in the top three or top five, Number it's one. a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I never really thought that would ever happen. But number one is huge because it wasn't just number one in like the dateable category. It was like yeah. number one in a huge category of many other podcasts. There was one time that we got to the top five on Apple podcasts yes. under relationships, which is yes. huge. We're behind like Michelle Obama and Esther Perel. We're like, damn, this is good. Yes. But I feel like one of the existential struggles we face with this podcast is how we classify it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I know, obviously, it's a dating podcast. We're not going to say it's not. We talk about dating culture. That is the crux of it. But I feel like when you tell people you do a dating podcast, like they don't think it covers nearly as much as we cover. It kind of minimizes what we cover. It does. Because we go beyond yeah. that. It's about human connection and patterns and behaviors. I do think there needs to be a different category. I don't know if life and science, is that what it was? Life Social sciences. sciences. Social yeah. sciences. I, I, don't, I can see it a little, but it's yeah. It's a little broad, right? Yeah. There could be something some more. Some of ours. Some of ours hit that. Maybe like the sex party episode or diaper fetish didn't really fall into social sciences. You don't think? <laughs> you know, maybe schemas, some of those ones I could see, but I don't think it accurately represents us either. It's a subset of what we do. Yeah. Well, either one, we were number one and then we dropped yep. number two and we're still holding on to that spot. And it's it feels like an honor to be on that yeah. list. You know, UA, we're just in a category of our own. When someone asks, we <laughs> just be like, there's no words to describe what we do. We just help people all the time. <laughs> change lives. I do want to shed some light on how a lot of podcasts get their listens. We are a homegrown, organic, individually, privately owned podcast. And there are so many other bigger podcasts who are backed by like iHeart, Spotify, you Mm -hmm. know, all of the bigger companies. So the way they get their listens, even within the first season of their launch, they really advertise the shit out of the podcast. And so for us to even make these lists, I just feel like it must mean something because we don't spend money on ads, if any, really right now. And this is all from word of mouth. So thank you all for listening and for spreading the word. Yes. I mean, we would not be here without our listener base. That is for damn sure. And I mean, it's just been such a pleasure to, I'm going to say like, quote, unquote, meeting you, although we have met some of you. Yes. But even virtually in the last year plus, last two years, how long have we been doing the Facebook group? Two years? Two, two, over two years. (laughs) Over two years. But I feel like even, you know, being in the sounding board, UA and I still do a monthly office hours and we get to talk to people live and you know in some of our programs finding your person which may or may not be coming back soon we'll leave it at that (laughs) Um, (laughs) findingyourperson.com we um, get the opportunity to talk in very intimate settings with you all and you know I think that means so much to us I mean one so we can see who the listeners are I think putting a name to a number in our stats reports like it tells us so much more about who our listener bases. I remember we, you know, had a discussion when we were launching Finding Your Person with the company that was helping us. And they were like, you guys have a pretty good grasp of who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, we like, do. More than any other people we've worked with. And we're like, yep, because we have so much interaction. And, you know, that makes us so happy that we're able to do that. We don't just talk into the ether. I think all of our topics, questions, they are inspired by you all, the, the mm-hmm. Facebook group, the in-person interactions, the DMs and emails we get. So keep them coming because without you, we wouldn't have our content. And we really appreciate the diversity of topics that we've been getting here too. It's a, it's really phenomenal to see, one, you're all going through lots of different journeys, but two, you're not alone in what you're doing. There's so much similarity that comes through all of it. And I think the episode we have today is really interesting because it's such a hot topic of yeah. like, is there a spark? Is there instant connection? Or do you let it grow over time? And I personally don't think there's a right answer for that. So sorry, if we cannot shed light that it has to be this way. If you're a long listener of this podcast, you know, we'll never tell you, you need to follow a rule. But I think <laughs> one of the things that, you know, we've learned from different stories is a lot of it is just like the headspace that you're in at the time, more of like the factors of where someone is in their life. Yeah, so many pieces fall into place. And when all those pieces fall into place, you often hear people describe it as when you know, you know, you just get this feeling. And our guest for this episode, Trace, had that feeling with someone (laughs) where he jumped right into marriage with this person and just knew right away. Whether you believe 
that feeling exists or not, do you know that it does exist for people out there? Yeah. And it's very exciting to acknowledge that some people feel like when you know, you know. Have you ever felt that way? Or did you feel that way (laughs) with your current partner? (laughs) No. I mean, I know I'm with the right person, but it's not like I know this is my person forever. I've never had that feeling. What about you, Julie? I mean, I think there's a side of me that like when I met my current partner that I was like, oh, this is like very different than anything. And like, this is real. Yes. Yes. And there was a side of me that was like, I definitely knew. But I think there's always like, you know, in all relationships, if you're an overthinker, especially Mm -hmm. (laughs) the when you know, you know, it's it sounds really scary because it's like, it's for the rest of my life. And I think because because I'm an overthinker and an analyzer, it's nothing to do with my partner. I'm like, how do I know in 10 years? And I think you're the same way. It's not like about the person. It's just like, what if I'm totally different? What if they're totally different? And you won't know. (laughs) You won't know. And I think when you know, you know, doesn't need to be like forever. It's like current day. If you ask me today, do I feel like I know? I would say yes, because that's all all you can control. You said the key word though, different. You felt yeah. different with this person. I think different sometimes is a very good thing. Different means you're not doing the same things over and over again. And the overthinking piece is so huge because I think you'll hear in this story when Trace stopped overthinking, that's when he opened his mm-hmm. heart and was able to find the love of his life, who was right in front of him this whole yeah. time. And it's an incredible story. And I hear this all the time, too, is when you stop overthinking, your heart is free to feel the things that it wants to feel versus us being so logical and thinking it has to be this checklist. It has to, I have to be at this point in my career and I have to have this before I can get in a relationship. Love doesn't work like that. And when you're closed off to it, it doesn't matter what kind of person you encounter. It could be the best person in the world. You won't be able to be open to this person. Uh, yeah, I think that's really important. And it's a, it's a line because I think people can swing the opposite way too, right? Mm. Like I'm thinking of like our dating scam episode from a few yes. weeks back. Yes. You need to think some things through. It shouldn't just yes. be like, just jump into everything. But there becomes a line. Like if you're being treated well, you feel secure in the relationship. Like it's easy to find faults. Like I'm also thinking of like the episode we did with Shirzad, right? About mm-hmm. the, the saboteurs. Like there's ways that you can always find faults with someone, sometimes you need to just let that part of your brain turn off and mm-hmm. take the plunge when you when you have enough data to know that at least it's like a, a sound decision. And that's why this story is so great because I think it does inspire people to be maybe more spontaneous and also just yeah. taking the lead sometimes. I often think about this. If two people in a relationship were dating, if one person doesn't mention, hey, how about we take the next step? Nothing would happen. Imagine what, like no relationships would ever happen. It just takes one person to say, how about we do this? (laughs) And change is scary. I think inevitably change is scary for a lot of people, but it can also be really beautiful. Like you can go to a next stage and have a totally different experience, but different in an amazing way. Yeah, we're all so scared. Everything's so driven by fear. So scared of I think why I'm so scared of do I knowing when I know is that I'm I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to get my heart yes. broken. You almost like don't want to admit it, right? You don't want it's exactly. like yeah. Because what if? What if it's not true? What if my feeling was wrong? Like who the fuck cares? Like if you right. truly feel it, nobody can take that away from you. Yep. This is definitely an example of someone that knew instantly. Yeah. I mean, like, it kind of, because like, you'll hear kind, it in the yes, story. Kind of. There is a little buildup when they were in each other's lives and did not know. But then when that switch went off, they knew. So I think it's just an example that, you know, every story is different. And there could be people that know each other for years before something becomes something. There could be people that go on one date and are like, this is going to be it. There is so many extremes to this that it's just such an individual story perspective. And in a way, that's kind of nice. There doesn't have to be one script. We kind of see what works for us and we build that story with whoever we're with. I related so hard to this story, Julie, in a way that made sense for my past relationships is that most of my relationships have been because I saw someone in a different way. Mm. And 
it wasn't about meeting new people. I think so many people are like, oh, I need to meet new people. And there's like not enough people in my town. For me, all most of my relationships were because I saw someone in a different way, like my current partner. Yeah. I've known him for over 10 years. Yeah. I didn't see him in that way till recently. Same with my long-term relationship in Beijing, this guy I was friends with. And all of a sudden, I had a thing for him. Same with a New York relationship, too. Was something just turned on in my head and I saw this person as a potential romantic interest. And I think that's lovely to know that maybe you don't need to meet new people to to get into a relationship. Maybe it's just about reframing and just relooking at the people in your lives already. I love that. I think that's so dead on. I know I have a friend that is now with her now partner and for years did not see him as that. Mm-hmm. And she was going after, you know, like that typical like hipster cool guy that's in a band you know like they're evasive <laughs> they're i don't know like their their prior their first priority isn't you basically no. like their priority is like becoming famous even though they're like playing at you know somewhere like that Berkeley they're Bowl getting like <laughs> basically paid in drinks or something right <laughs> yes right and she was into that type that you know was a little more like edgy and cool mm. right And then her current partner, like, wasn't that. And it took her shifting what she was actually looking for to realize, like, this great person was sitting here. So I think sometimes it's, again, where are you and when does that click happen? A lot of it has to be that you're in the right place. So funny you say that because think about this. It's like some people, once they start dating a certain type, maybe they've dated two people of that that type, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where they feel like they need to keep dating people of that type because that's who I am. I date people like this. I resonate with that because I was like, I used to date guys who were the you know ex-football guys and that's my thing and I'm going to keep searching for that. That's what happens when you get stuck on a type. You don't open your eyes up to the people who are actually mm-hmm. better suited for you. Yes. Okay, well, so much food for thought. (laughs) We'll leave it at that so we can dive into the episode. But before we do that, a couple of announcements. One, you know, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Let's get to number one on Apple Podcasts with all of your support. So drop us five stars, hopefully a nice little love note too. We love to see the feedback coming, especially when it's positive. But this really does help our livelihood. So if you have something negative to say, maybe just don't say it. Just saying. <laughs> just be nice. Move on. This is a free podcast, let's be honest. So. <laughs> and then the other um, announcement, we are going to be opening up registration again for Finding Your Person, our flagship program. We've heard such great feedback from folks and UA and I have some bandwidth that we feel like we could take on another cohort. So we will be announcing the exact day that the cart will be open essentially to get your spot. But you can go to the waitlist now and go to findingyourperson.com. Join that and you'll get everything you need to know about when the waitlist will open. If you're on the waitlist, you'll get an email the day before it goes out to the public. So get on there and see what it's all about. So findingyourperson.com. This program has been life-changing for some people. And it's all about reshifting and reshuffling some of the things that you may have experienced or believe in your um, dating career. So it's it's such an eye-opening course, I guess you could call it, with different ideas and questions that you may have never thought of before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes, definitely check out Finding Your Person. And before we get into it, let's hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is made possible by Switchcraft. I love match three games, but they all can seem so redundant with the same format and similar storylines. Switchcraft, on the other hand, is a brand new take on match three games that's both fun and interesting. I absolutely love that there are literally thousands of levels to play, so you never get bored. And the storyline is also very engaging. You're trying to help Bailey and her friends uncover the mystery of the disappearance of her best friend, where every match presents a new piece of the story. And along the way, you can make decisions. This is my favorite part because it's like choose your own 
own venture because the decisions drive the narrative. For example, who to antagonize and who to befriend. In Switchcraft, you take on the role of the witch at Pendle Hill, the world's top academy of witchcraft. Along the way, you'll find unique characters, a gripping story, and even a little romance. The best part is that your choices in the game determine the outcome of the story. So you're in the driver's seat. Download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. Okay, let's hear it from Trace. Marriage. That whole thing. (laughs) Remember that whole thing? I feel like for so long that you and I have been doing this podcast, Julie, that I feel like people are giving up on the idea of marriage, or at least are delaying it. And there's actually Mm -hmm. numbers to prove that people are delaying when they get married. It's sort of a fascinating time that we're in right now coming out of COVID, where people had concentrated time to think about what they want. Do they want a relationship? Do they want marriage? Do Do they want monogamy? Our guest today was very clear about all of these things. (laughs) His name is Trace, and he recently got married. And we're going to get into that story because that story is so incredible. But he currently lives in LA and originally from St. Louis. He's 31 years old. And yes, he is married. Welcome to Dateable, Trace. Thank you so much for having me. This is so (laughs) exciting. I love to share this story as much as possible. So I am, uh, it's an honor to be here. I love that our rare guest is a guy that can't wait to get married. You know, that's yeah. just like telling of the times. <laughs> yeah. Where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> but Trace, let's uh, get right into it. You recently got married after dating someone for three weeks. Is that right? How did this whole thing three go Three weeks time. Um, it's really, it's, it's actually a crazy story. And every time I tell somebody or think about it, it just like, I don't know. I, I love it. It's like one of my favorite love stories. Um, so I went through a big breakup about a year ago now and was with that person for 12 years. Um, so obviously commitment hasn't always been uh, an easy thing for me. So after that breakup, I, you know, had a lot of, uh, self-reflection, a lot of time to kind of spark new relationships and new uh, friends, you know, not just, uh, a a partner, but just friends in general. And I had a really close group. I made a a really close group of three friends. We were best friends. We were inseparable for like seven months, did every single thing together. And at the beginning of this year, we had a trip planned to go to Big Bear. And my now wife had COVID. She got COVID the Wednesday before we were about to leave on a Friday. So we had a set group of people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very fitting for the times, but we we had a a set group of people going and two of our best friends were going to be there as well. And so everybody canceled. Everybody kind of freaked out, jumped ship. So then we wanted to reschedule it for a month later. And we did. Totally different group of people. Our best friends weren't there. Uh, We kind of had like a hodgepodge of of random friends of friends go. Um, It was actually me and five other girls. So we had a, a great weekend, one of them, which was, was my best friend too, Kelsey, my, my wife. And we, one of the nights, you know, we had a little drunken oh, talk, lo- okay. long talk. and Wait, drunken, um, drunken talk? You know, it was a drunken talk. It was a, a <laughs> lot of, you know, we, we've always had so many vulnerable conversations. Uh, we've been so, so close and the connection that we've had has been so deep for the past year. She went through a big breakup too, which brought her out to LA from New York. We've just been through so much. And we had the best conversations. And it's funny because we were kind of like helping each other navigate different relationships, trying to help Mm. the other person find their partner. And all the while, we were kind of shooing off people and not really knowing that it was, you know, to make room for each other. But uh, wait, I need some clarity on this story. (laughs) (laughs) We need to step back for one second. So, how did you guys meet in the first place? And when this trip is coming along, like how long had you known her at this point? Um, Okay, so we met about a year ago. Um, I hired at the group fitness studio I was working at um, as as front desk staff. And then um, that was right before the breakup happened. Um, So then a couple months fast forward and we were just hanging out all the time with our, our two other best friends. So so we knew each other for about like really well for about 10 months. And okay. um, yeah. So friends first. Friends first. Best friends. Best friends. What does that look like? What does a best friendship look like between, did you have an attraction towards her during the 10 months that you were friends? You know, 
know, we look back at it now and we say, yeah, there was something there. We've just, we've both had so much love for each other, but mm-hmm. we also cherished the friendship. So that was something that we didn't want to risk, on, you know, subconsciously. And there really wasn't like a opening for that to happen, which is funny because we look back and there were, you know, many nights where I had to sleep in her guest room from, you know, we were being out or we were out drinking and, and having fun and I would end up sleeping at her in her guest room. So those nights were like, both of us were kind of wishing something maybe happened now that we look back mm-hmm. on it. But um, oh. yeah, so I mean, it just, I think the best friendship looks like seeing each other in such a vulnerable state and seeing like every single part of you, right? Like the parts that are tragic and you need somebody to lean on and you need somebody that you can literally vocalize everything with and have those mm-hmm. deep connections. She she loves um, she loves being vocal about this and kind of normalizing this, but she froze her eggs in January. So I was mm-hmm. I gave her some of the injections along the way. I mm-hmm. did sober January with her just because she wanted to have as least, you know, as less stress on the body as she could during this process. And I picked her up from the egg retrieval. So it's just like it was literally doing anything for that person. And it was a uh, it was just it was one of the best friendships I have I've ever had. Like I have a group of best friends from back home, but nothing was like this. Interesting. So you're both kind of healing from past relationships mm. too when you first meet. It's starting under a best friend vibe. Now let's continue the story because I think I needed yeah. the context that was Yeah. No, the sorry, I know I get excited talk. telling the story. <laughs> yeah, the, the drunken, drunken talk. Let's get back to it. <laughs> kind of just a funny situation. So one of the nights a couple of us have just been laying in bed and just had, you know, a great conversation, just being vulnerable again. We love having like just these deep connections with people. I feel like just makes life so much more enjoyable knowing that the people you're hanging out with you you know a lot about them you know everything about Mm -hmm. them especially people like close to you so we had that chat friday night and then saturday night everybody kind of split went their own ways and we were we kind of just went back to the the same you know laying in bed having the conversation and it's so funny when she was having this like internal dialogue that she was vocalizing she's like should we hook up should we not hook up i don't know if we should is this a good idea (laughs) yeah yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we, it, it happened. And, you know, there was a little anxiety the next morning wondering if it was just going to be that if it was going to do anything a to the friendship, you know, it's just a, a drunken one night thing. Mm-hmm. And um, that entire ride home from Big Bear holding hands, it just made so much sense. It's like we've been dating for a year, right? We went huh. through the get to know each other phase on a level that you would never really, you know, you wouldn't really be comfortable doing right away. And as deep, right. it was just funny. It was kind of like the, the stars aligned, like had these best friends been on this trip with us, the second weekend like or if even if it, the first week would have happened like this probably would have never happened you know right, we all would have right. been together uh, but here's yeah. the thing right you can go on trips with your best friends and then hook up with them and then decide that maybe you want to start dating you guys got married so okay help us <laughs> bridge that gap a little bit you have that ni- nice hookup and then you wake up the next morning you're holding hands how did that leap into marriage for you? So we had Vegas was a was a trip that was planned for us a few weeks later. So the the next weekend after Big Bear, um, we had just been we'd been laying in bed talking, and we were both like, you know, we've been through all this stuff. We we almost settled in relationships, and we've never been so happy in the past week. And just knowing that like we've spent so much time together in the year prior leading up to this, that like I don't know, everything just seemed like so certain. And I've never had that that level of like, wow, this is it. Like this is. Huh. This is all I could ask for in a partner. This isn't what I knew a partnership would be like even. You know, I went through a, a relationship for 12 years that yeah. and almost ended up in marriage because I felt like that was the next step that needed to happen. That was long overdue. But there was obviously a reason why I hadn't committed to that. So we were laying in bed a week after Big Bear and we were like, this is it. Like, I, I love you so much. I know everything about you, everything that I possibly could. I know what kind of person you are. And so she actually has this, uh, she wears her, her grandmother's wedding ring. Um, her grandmother just passed away a few years ago she was 101 years old Whoa. from germany um, nazi germany so she she wore this this wedding ring on her uh on her right hand and so we us just having that conversation i you know just like i'm, I'm all in she's like i am all in so i just pulled the, fin- the ring off that finger and put it on her ring finger just as like a cute little engagement um just a very special moment and um <laughs> So that was the engagement. That was like how you did it. Wow. Wait, how okay? How soon after the Big Bear trip did you say the L word to each other in a way that was more that was that wasn't platonic like before? It's funny because that was I'm pretty sure the same night we were talking about that we were like I I mean I say I love you all the time yeah uh, as a best friend and 
that love was still like, it was still such an unconditional love that this, you know, it's just flipping the narrative on it a little bit. It's just turning it from a friendship, but still having that best friendship. We've always wanted best friends as partners. Yeah. That's what we told each other as we were helping each other find a partner, which is so funny that it ended up that way. But <laughs> You're like, oh, she's here. <laughs> she's been yeah. right here, right in front of me. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, then it was just like a funny, like, I don't know, like, if this is the same, how should we approach the, the love you situation? And I don't know, it just, it's still, everything just felt so right. Like it didn't really, mm-hmm. we didn't have to like debate it or, or think about it too hard. Wait, I want to go back to the big bear next <laughs> when you're there. Yeah. You want all the details? Yeah. like Oh, she I wants guess, all like, the details. Ha- I want all the details. Like how did the transition happen? I know you said that you looked at each other, that like, she kind of started to talk out loud. But, like how did you even get to that point? Because I feel like sometimes bridging the gap from friends can be hard. Yeah. You don't know what the other person's thinking, right? hundred percent. Um, and I think that's kind of like why she had that, that internal dialogue that she was just like, should we do this? Should we not? But we just had one of our deep conversations and honestly, it's a great question to ask her what the conversation actually was. Cause I'm not sure I remember at this <laughs> point, but, but it was just one of those conversations where it just like opened it up and you could just see like that this person mm-hmm. was being so vulnerable and you know, the alcohol might've had a little bit to do with it, but, uh, <laughs> just a yeah, little bit. it just kind of, the liquid courage. Bit. The liquid <laughs> courage. Yeah. So I don't actually know what the conversation was that transitioned to it, but it was just so much love and us being alone in that position. Like I said, I'd slept over at her apartment in the guest bed all the time, but never in bed with her. So that was mm-hmm. obviously a change up of, of environment. But um, yeah, it was just uh, it's it's just how we've always kept stuff. Just super vulnerable, super open, very communicative and and very real. And were the two of you doing a lot of like one-on-one stuff? I know you obviously said you brought her to the egg freezing and like all the stuff that like is very boyfriend-like. Like were you going on like one-on-one dinner dates or like dinners? (laughs) I don't want to call them dinner dates back then. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's another funny thing you say that because somebody said to her, she's like, or one of her friends or, or acquaintances was like, best guy friends don't take best friends to their egg retrieval. No. So that was funny when we heard that. But um, yeah, we spent a ton of one-on-one time together. I actually helped her find the apartment that I moved into. So, like we did, <laughs> we did everything together. Yeah. You knew, you had a premonition. You're like, mm, could I see myself in this apartment? <laughs> I could see myself laying in this bed right here, yeah. Wait, Trace, so you go, okay, it's a very playful moment. You take her grandmother's ring and you do this proposal or seemingly like some sort of proposal. And then what happens? Because now it's like, is this for fun? Is Are we joking around here or is this serious? It was, you know, it was a cute, playful moment, but it was, uh, it was dead serious. I, I mean, again, we just knew everything we possibly could about each other. Um, and we knew what we wanted in a partner and just mm-hmm. from, from helping each other out. So it just made everything made so much sense. It was like one of those <laughs> aha epiphany moments, um, when all of this happened and when we like first had the discussion after, after Big Bear. So we, we had that Vegas trip planned out and it was kind of like a, like a joke. So she has a, a family text, a group text with her family and she like threw it out there and i've i've met her i've met her brother uh we got along so so well when he came to visit um i met her brother-in-law who came into town to as like on his way through to another trip and i don't know just i think hearing her telling her parents that we were dating and hearing it from those two important people in their lives it just it made sense to them as well they're like we couldn't be more happy for you we obviously know what you went through it in that in the previous it was an engagement um her her last relationship so she you know they knew everything that she suffered through then and Mm -hmm. They could tell how happy she was and hearing it from those two significant mm. people really told them a lot too. So, you know, that when the Vegas trip came around, you know, we, we were telling the friends on the trip that we were there with that we were going to do it. They're like, you guys aren't going to do it. Yeah, no I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. So we, uh, we had it planned out uh, or we didn't have it planned really, but we were telling our friends and then um, Sunday came around, friends shipped off and we were sitting at brunch and we're like, let's just see like what it would take to do this. <laughs> so we, we, we looked up uh, that you had to get the, the marriage license. And if everything worked out, we had a little gap in between the marriage license and the actual ceremony. But if everything worked out, it would have taken like 30 minutes to do the whole thing. So that's it. That's it. It's honestly, it took us 15 minutes to get the license and the ceremony was 15 minutes. So wait, so okay. (laughs) And then you fucking did Did just the two of you go and do it or did you bring your friends that you were with? Like what was the whole celebration? They, they left and it was just us and Elvis. Okay. I mean, nobody then, believed this, by the way, because you posted something on your Instagram. And I remember so many of us were like, was this a joke? It's like <laughs> paparazzi releases a photo and everyone's like, do you think this is real? Is this gossip? <laughs> and it was fucking real. 
He confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. So who was like the first person you told after yeah. this happened? I think it was her family were the first people. She has that family group text. I think we we FaceTime with them right after actually. And then we told uh, just our best friends after that. So it's funny. So she had a, her parents, she kind of like prepped them for a little bit, like throwing the, the little jokes yeah. out there that it would happen. So they, you know, they had some sort of expectation that it could possibly happen. And uh, I didn't tell my parents at all. In fact, like <laughs> my sister, I, I, I was terrible about this, uh, you know, the past few months communicating with my sister. My sister didn't even know that I was dating anybody. So like them, them finding out from social media was really funny. But my sister found out that way we facetimed my parents and they were like blown away with complete happiness but um they uh they were not expecting it at all so the reactions were good oh they were incredible so my my parents came in town for my birthday earlier this year they met kelsey for the first time they had obviously heard so much about her they met her for the first time we went to go watch um postseason football and uh my my parents and i were at dinner we met them up after a bunch of friends my mom and dad could not stop talking to kelsey the entire night so after we left and split up uh, my mom looks at me both of them actually look at me they're like why are you and kelsey not together like she's gorgeous <laughs> you guys are perfect together like why is is not a thing. So they were psyched they, when this happened. They planted yeah. the seed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So before Kelsey, I want to dig into like your past a little mm-hmm. more. Mm, <laughs> this is where the good stuff happens. You said, okay, 12 year relationship. <laughs> you say looking back now, it makes sense why you were hesitant because you weren't ready to commit. Do you think it was like the time that you met her that you became more commitment oriented or was marriage something you always wanted, but you somehow knew it wasn't right with the other person? Great, great question. Yeah. I mean, reflecting back now, like it just, it wasn't the right person. You know, 12 years is a long time. And that's a, that's a very, that becomes a very regular part of your life, especially during the transformative years. We started dating, we were 18 years old. So senior year of high school until 30. So uh, we had been through a lot together, a lot of transitions. And um, yeah, it just, you know, looking back, it just, it never felt right. Like I never had that urge to marry this person and seeing this now and what it actually feels like, I completely realized that it was just she was just not the right person and I think I hung on to it because you know all my friends were it was like all my friends were getting married after college and I thought that maybe something would click and I also thought that maybe I liked like the the untraditional way of doing things and like maybe I didn't want to get married like maybe it'd be fun to just have like a partnership I I don't really know what the reason was but I think at the heart of it all just wasn't the right person I think it's this is why it's so important that we can't measure the success of a relationship based on its longevity because you could totally be in a relationship with someone for 12 years and not really have a future with them. So now after the breakup of this 12-year relationship, I would think, because even though she wasn't the right person for you, it's still a big breakup. 12 years together. That's a long time with someone in your life. Mm -hmm. What helped you, I guess, get back into the dating game and also have marriage as a forefront of what you're looking for? I don't think I was looking for marriage, honestly. Like I, I had told myself like, ooh, single life's kind of fun. Like I had gotten used to being by myself, which took a lot of work. You know, the first month after the breakup was tragic. I had, you know, a lot of stuff happened in, in one week. I had, I left a job that I was, you know, really, really good friends with the, the, the owner of that, of that job. And he abandoned me and then the breakup happened. So it all happened within a few days. So it was just like a lot of new stuff happening. It was a very lonely time then, you know, some self-work and, and realizing that like time by myself was actually really great. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, shoot, like this might be, I, I might not need to get married. Like I mm-hmm. kind of like this life, not having responsibility, doing what I want to do because I felt held back doing a lot of stuff in that relationship. So ultimately it wasn't, you know, I, I don't want to call it a toxic relationship, but it wasn't like a, a, a great, there wasn't a lot of give and take. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't a, wasn't a great relationship, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a weird transition into life and I, I I kind of fell in love with it for a while. But then dating was kind of weird. I didn't really know how to do it. <laughs> you know, truth be told. You know, it turned out fantastic. the short relationships that I did have during that time, which was, you know, probably six months after the after the breakup. I'm glad how they all turned out. And I you know, I always leaned on Kelsey for advice, like, what do you think about this person? You know, whatever mm-hmm. troubles that we might have had in the first month or so of those relationships. So it was a clear sign that uh, they just weren't the right people and I wasn't great at picking people. So were you on like dating apps and using them or were you meeting people differently? It was that was one thing that like, I don't know why I had a weird relationship with it. I don't know. It just I I never really went that route. Um, I had downloaded the apps, but 
you know, I, I was a little nervous. I'm like gun shy to be like, let's go on a date. Like the, the, <laughs> the, the actual, you know, DMing would go on probably way too long than what the other person was looking for. So ultimately the, uh, the couple of relationships that I found were, uh, or- organic. It was ultimately through like this, this community of group fitness that we kind of had out here as friends of friends. And, um, so yeah, it was, uh, I, I didn't really lean heavy into the, to the dating apps. Got it. And then for, for a lot of people listening, they're going to think, I already know because I'm thinking the same thing is, <laughs> How do you know this is the right person for you if you haven't been together that long? And also people have this fear of commitment. What if this doesn't last forever? And seeing that you got out of this long-term relationship and bouncing back and believing in marriage again, how were you able to take that leap of faith to know that the abandonment that you had experienced before, you don't want to experience that again in this current relationship? Yeah, I mean, this this situation was ideal, right? Like, I feel like everybody at the end of the day wants to marry their best friend. Mm -hmm. And it is tough to get into that vulnerable situation with people um, and really show who you are, but that's the best way to do it. And I feel like forcing stuff is not going to give you the results you're looking for. So if there's a relationship that you feel like you're holding something back because you don't think this person will like it and you don't want to go mm-hmm. for that, then I feel like you just, you got to get out of it. You just have to have to realize that there is going to be something out there and the best way to do it, the best way to find it. And I've experienced this with her because she is always hundred percent herself with everybody that she was with. And the fact that, I mean, it, it was their loss of my game but the fact that they didn't see like how amazing that was that's what I fell in love with like she's 100% just unapologetically herself in the best way possible she makes me such a better person because of it and yeah I think that's it you just you can't hold back to uh in hopes that you know this is the right relationship what I love about your story is that you got to see the unpolished versions of yourselves Mm -hmm. like especially with you know dating culture where you go into everything that it's a date I need to evaluate if this is going to be my life partner you're putting on this date self version and you're not letting someone see like the messy authentic side of you that actually can be what people fall in love with and I almost wonder too like if you got to see this side of her that she maybe didn't even share with other people because it was so in this forced context versus you that was just like hey this is my friend you know like I'm not trying to do anything yeah yeah no no no. that's that's a great point I I don't know how she was I mean I imagine like that she just how I see her in her with other people and just in groups and when we're out like I just I I know that she is that person like she never hides herself so I imagine that's how she was in her dating life and it just wasn't right for people and which is fine you know she she realized that I don't think she really ever tried to force anything well that's the other side right Mm -hmm. it's like 95% of people aren't going to be matches so like you need to show yourself I guess in your words like what does marriage mean to you like how do you define love in marriage Ooh, I mean, I think the top two things is just loving somebody unconditionally, doing anything that you could possibly do for that person and respect. I feel like that's one thing that we've had. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had so much respect for one another um, and kind of stemming from that, like we are so open and we communicate so much, which that was something that we both lacked in our last relationships, which didn't work because of it. You know, we we settled because we thought that's what it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, we weren't super vocal about that. So that's one thing that we said from the get-go. Like We've already had this year-long establishment of being so open and vulnerable and transparent and showing so much respect that uh, that's what made the relationship so good. So why would it not? Why would we not put that into the marriage too? So mm-hmm. it's it's unconditional love and respect all the way. And what like made you decide to like just get married opposed to just date longer? You know, it's like, yeah. I guess on one side you could be like, oh, well, you met your soulmate. Like, what's the rush? What made you be like, no, I, I really do believe believe in marriage and I want this to happen? Uh, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was so us for us to kind of do that and and pull the trigger in Vegas and to have a Vegas wedding, which by the way, I recommend everybody should do at one point in their life. It's so so Even the married ones? Yes. Yes. Go back and do it. Um, But uh, no, you know, we were just, we were so committed and we already had the year long dating. So, and we're we're actually doing like a traditional wedding and everything. We, 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 We booked our venue for next year but okay i don't know it's i don't want to call it like a why not situation because i feel like that kind of takes the luster out of it it was just like a special moment for us i feel that instead of dating long term you could also say you already did that right like you've already been in a long-term dating situation and what i love about this story is that everything is about you two it's not for other people proposal was 
wasn't for other people to see. The mm -hmm. whole marriage ceremony wasn't for other people to see. It was just you two. And the fact that you were like, it's just so us, that makes no <laughs> sense to me, but it makes all the sense to you. And that's all that really matters, <laughs> right? Ultimately, in a partnership. So amazed that this all happened so fast. But there must have been some seeds planted in your upbringing, in your childhood. How did you see marriage um, when you were growing up? What did it mean to you? Oh, I love my parents so, so much. They are, they have their quirks. They have their, just these, these awesome qualities, but I didn't have the best relationship with marriage. I feel like my father was uh, a lot more into the, into the marriage than, um, than my mother. Like I just mm -hmm. spoke to my father a few months ago and I found this just absolutely bizarre, but he's like, I feel like I've, your mother's never been able to be like completely vulnerable. He loves her for mm -hmm. who she is. And he, he's seen a lot of sides of her, but he just feels like he's, she's never been able to like, he's ever seen her cry before or like break down to him about yeah. something so I love them so much but I just feel like I didn't really have that great marriage to look up to you know I saw it in other friends and other of my my friends parents but as far as like in my household like my parents were never like affectionate and Kelsey and I are disgustingly affectionate and <laughs> yeah so I don't know I think it's just like I love how you said that UA and somebody else actually said that to us too that like we already did the dating thing we were yeah. with somebody for such a long period of time she was engaged at one point so she did that like it's, mm -hmm. I don't know, we just, we didn't need that. Um, so I, I think like, it was kind of unfamiliar to us, this feeling mm -hmm. and this emotion for somebody else that we just wanted to like capture it. So I feel like that's what we yeah. did. Well, I love too that you said like one of the things that's drew you to her so much is how vulnerable she was. And you said, yeah. you know, that you, you're very affectionate, which are basically the opposite of what you saw. And I, yeah. I've heard that a lot. And I know I've experienced that too. It's like sometimes, you know, we all think like, oh, someone that wants to get married, they probably had this message from an early day about getting yeah. married. But sometimes it's like, oh, I actually recognize that this is something amazing because it's different than what I saw. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could be it. Like the lack of it that I didn't see is like something that I didn't want to, I didn't want my relationships to be like that. Yeah. And you're like, I need to hold on to this. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's funny, my, our, our parents were actually in town this past weekend. They met for the first time oh my and gosh. her, her, her parents are, they have an awesome, awesome love story. They're very affectionate. And, you know, it started out as a relationship where like father was, or her, her dad was really trying to get, like go on a date with her mother. And it, she just kept ignoring him and just kept blocking him and, and all of this. And then finally went on a date. She said she's never laughed the way that he made her laugh the entire night. And that was it for them. So now that I just see like how affectionate, how passionate they are. Um, so I can definitely see where, where she gets it from. It was kind of the opposite of me. Interesting. Let's hold that thought for a few messages. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm 
often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you remember like when you first started to think about marriage or like even the thought about marriage even popped into your mind? Probably like, I mean, towards the end of college, I would say. I feel like that was kind of when it felt a little more, uh, a little more pressured. But yeah, I never really like had that idea of like being married or having kids or never really felt um, maybe like that I was even in like a stable enough part in my life where I I could even have that. I always felt like just going through like college and stuff, kind of like switching programs. And I always felt kind of behind the eight ball as far as like being where other people were, like my peers were. So by the time we graduated, you know, a lot of my friends were getting engaged and I had friends that we're having kids like two years after college. And I was like, wow. man, like, I can't even imagine doing that right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, seeing that around me, obviously, it was a it was a thought and always, you know, received pressure from my my ex's family from her about mm-hmm. doing it. So yeah, just never it never that pressure never, if anything, it, it deterred me from getting married, hearing that all the time. Yeah, exactly. You and your ex had conversations about getting married. Mm-hmm. And you just didn't want to pull the trigger. Yeah. My, I mean, my I guess you can call it an excuse was that kind of going back to the stability thing, I never felt like I was going to be in a position to to feel comfortable enough to to get married and to, mm. to start a family. So Trace, have you watched the ultimatum on Netflix? <laughs> I, t- I just saw it scrolling through the other day. <laughs> it is like what everyone's excuse was, basically. Yeah, a lot of the men are like um, looking for stability. And then throughout the ex- experiment, they uncover that these are excuses. Because when you're in a committed partnership, you work through these, I guess, blockers together, if you want to call them. But also another blocker is fear. People talk about fear all the time, and I'm sure you face a lot of that too when you're dating or even during your breakup. How were you able, and I've asked this a few different ways, but I'm going to ask this directly. How were you able to overcome the fear of really investing in someone and, and you know, you're taking a risk on um, um, putting your emotions in their hands? Gosh, I don't know. That's a really good question. I... You know, I don't know if I was, it, it took me some warming up to, I'm sure, to like to be able to be vulnerable with this person that I didn't really know. But I think there was a night when when we were out, a few of us um, at dinner, and we were kind of talking about our past. And I really hadn't talked about it too much with Kelsey, or she didn't really hear the story too much. She didn't want to pry. But once I opened up about that, she started to open up about hers too. And she even said like, that night was a turning point for our relationship. Mm-hmm. She remembers like that, that night instantly that, you know, I, I was willing and able to talk about that. Um, so I guess that is that that's when that was a couple months after we were we were hanging out constantly. But that was a that was a big, you know, leeway into us being able to have all those open and, and very transparent, real conversations. And I don't know, like I just I would have done anything for this person and she would have done the same for me. So I just had so much trust in her. There was just no fear that this was the wrong decision to make. I've never been so certain. My parents were like, you are 
never the person to make a decision like that. Yeah. Like, even be like, you know, spontaneous like that. And uh, you always, you know, you're very indecisive with a lot of the stuff that you do and not in a, in a bad way. They're just like, you think stuff through. And it just felt so, it, there was just not one ounce of doubt that this was the right move to make. Wow. So I think part of why this, like when UA told me about you, she's like, we need to have my friend Trace yeah. on. And because I think there's such this notion that men are such commitment folks, yeah. right? And it's always the woman that's trying to push things along. And I've heard so many friends be like, yeah, I subtly like put, you know, Tiffany's as his screensaver on his yeah. computer, right. you know, like my subtle ring size messages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I guess, like, what are your thoughts? about women needing to put pressure on it is it truly just like you're at a novelty or is it that like they're not with the right people yeah i mean i guess it's like a i don't know i mean i get i'm sure it's case by case but like i think i you know i i understand that one thing also is like it's a game against time too right like her like the, the egg freezing i know is a big thing for her and, and doing that so i could understand that she was with somebody for eight years and and the marriage never happened that like that was a massive amount of time to invest it is like an investment right you're investing mm -hmm. into a relationship but i don't know i i guess one long lasting running joke in my last relationship is that i slipped up about like five years in our relationship somebody had gotten married that we were like oh my gosh like she got engaged after like a year or two and she was like i can't believe it and i was like yeah i guess when you know you know so like that that stuck with her for so long um thinking back on that terrible and i mean that was a sign right there for both of us to be like all right that's you know this obviously isn't gonna it's it's been this long and and no signs of of real commitment that next step of commitment but now <laughs> that is we we just ordered a neon sign for our apartment that literally says when you know you know oh, oh wait wait no, no wait 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 that that's just one of the phrases life comes at you fast is what we made it but when you know you know is, is one of our big phrases for our relationship oh my gosh yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's like a right answer because I do think that like everyone yeah. is different the way they yeah. process things. Like, but then at the same time, like you don't want to be wasting your time. Like, I can see both perspectives of it. Is like, how do you start to have those conversations with someone? In your opinion if you're not on the same page. I mean, I think that's that's obviously where the show came from, the ultimatum, right? Like you either, <laughs> yeah. you have to bring it up and it is, I, I think it's, uh, we had that discussion a lot my, in my past relationship and it was just, I didn't feel stable and, and ready to do it. And it, it's hard, like you have to be vulnerable and, and honest with people when they ask you, like, where is this going? Like, do you see a, a marriage happening? Like, are you invested in this? Like I am. So I don't know, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely case by case. And I, I ultimatums, to me aren't the best options to do stuff um yeah. I, i'm not really sure how to approach that yeah what is so fascinating to me is a lot of people feel like you really need to vet your partner before you get married because mm -hmm. people are so afraid yeah. of marrying the wrong person but as part of the vetting process we tend to hold back a lot of ourselves because we're trying you know we're trying to put our best foot forward we're trying to assess someone out for a potential relationship that we aren't putting our 100% into the relationship and i think that's mm -hmm. what causes the downfall for a lot of relationships because people aren't being fully who they are but if we do take on this mentality of if both people want to get married and they're in that stage of wanting to explore this do it just get married i feel like that should be the slogan just like just do it because you can't be scared of what the future holds we do not know what the future holds what you can control is your present time if po both people are on the same page don't be scared just fucking go for it yeah i mean living example of that <laughs> well i think the reality too is that people are always going to be growing like i think living proof of having a 12-year relationship you know it's like yeah. just because it's a certain amount of time doesn't mean that that's going to solve all the problems so yeah like while it's definitely i don't know I'm mixed on this it's like on one side like I do think giving it a little time isn't a bad thing because it is more of a commitment than just breaking up, especially when children and the works are entered into the picture. But I also agree there has to be a point that you just kind of take the leap of faith too, because you can overanalyze things all day long and find reasons to hold if you really want to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if, if you have that discussion with somebody and they're like, listen, this is where I'm at, like, I want to get married and the other person's hesitant or they, they, they're not ready yet. And I feel like it's, it's your timeline. 
right? Like you shouldn't, no matter what, it's, uh, it's, it's your decision to make and it's your life that you're living. So it's, it's hard and it's like harsh reality and it's easy for me to say it now, but going through all of this, it's, I've gotten perspective on that, that I wish I had a long time ago. It's so hard to talk about timing in this entire conversation, right? Because what if you, there was a time when you weren't ready to get married right yeah. after the breakup, you were just trying to navigate dating. What if you met someone awesome during that time and you said, I'm not ready for marriage, but maybe later down the line, should that person have waited and maybe caught you <laughs> when you're finally ready? Or was just that person not right for you because they came at that time during your life? I mean, this whole relationship is timing. I firmly believe that everything is about timing. And um, yeah. this just, you know, the stars align with this. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a relationship, something, you know, that I thought like, I felt a sense of pride with this relationship that I had mm. before Kelsey. You know, it was just, it was somebody that like I could take around and, and she was super sweet, super nice. Um, ultimately, it just, it, it didn't work. My excuse was timing. My excuse was like, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, to commit. First of all, I wasn't obviously like engaged or anything, but just like to commit to a title, to commit to a relationship. And um, it didn't work out for that. And that was on the very, very tail end of, of Big Bear happening. So it was, mm -hmm. uh, everything was about timing. This whole relationship is literally wow. built on timing. So, Incredible. yeah. So Incredible. what's next for you guys? <laughs> the actual yeah. ceremony, we talked about that, but yeah. you've you already moved, moved in. in. <laughs> moved in. And yeah, so we have, yeah, the actual ceremony's happening. I still have a proposal planned. Um, oh, so that'll happen okay. soon. Yeah, yeah, real proposal. I want to do like as untraditional and kind of uh, ass backwards as this whole relationship and I, I love that I love that, uh, that aspect so of much. it. No, but what if we all got into relationships and said a year from now we're going to get married? So yeah. starting yeah, now we're going to work towards that marriage. I, I mean, I think it's it's awesome. I mean, another thing that's crazy too is our two best friends that I mentioned, four mm -hmm. of us. We were all talking about like what kind of partner we wanted. We we're all single at the same time. We we're all going through our own shit at that point, and we always talked about relationships because that was kind of our goal. Like we went out on the weekends to to try to find somebody, and Kelsey and I were always on the same page against the other two that we wanted to marry a best. We wanted somebody that could hang out with mm -hmm. our best friends without us being there. We wanted somebody that, you know, didn't need us at, at all of the events and, and could go hang out with if her brother was in town, go hang out with him and, you know, just that, that kind of situation. So we <laughs> we really lucked out in that perspective. I think that's like what you want to do. You want to like you're your you're most vulnerable person with the people that are closest to you. And typically those are your friends, those are your family. So like having a, a relationship that starts in such a strong friendship, such an open mm -hmm. and, and deep connection, I feel like is the key to uh, to finding somebody for you. So much so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so backwards for modern dating today. <laughs> so backwards. It is. I mean, there's so many takeaways from this. Thank you, first of all, for sharing your story. I think this is really inspirational for a lot of people because it is so different than the way modern dating works, like the opposite pretty much. <laughs> and <laughs> I think everything you've said is just how it felt right. Of course, like you need to be, don't enter bad situations. We're not saying don't think at all. Of course, there was a lot of things that was pointing that this was a great romantic prospect. I really believe that we can talk ourselves out of anything if we let our minds play into it. So sometimes it is really just checking in with how am I feeling? What is my gut telling me? And you know, once you're in a committed state, you can make things work. Like that's the key to relationships failing is when one or both people aren't ready to make that full commitment, that they're holding back in some way. So the fact that you guys just kind of dove in, it's really good for anyone that, you know, is feeling like they're mentally looking through a checklist or really weighing the pros and cons repeatedly. Sometimes you need to just underthink and not let your mm. own brain get in your way. Right, mm. right. Yeah, I think it's it's just it's trusting your gut. It's laying that foundation, I feel like is the biggest thing, you know, having yeah. that vulnerability with somebody. I, I love that, like not really just checking off the list. Like we we knew exactly who we were as people, how much we loved. Like it was just a recipe for like a perfect future. Yeah. We're so excited just, just because like we, we know we've been so open about how we want a relationship to go, like how, like what how important a relationship is to us and how, you know, everything has to work together and what's super significant and important that needs to happen. And we've been so transparent and, you know, forthcoming with like what we expect of a partner. 
and that communication level and that vulnerability level, I feel like is the biggest thing. Like we feel like we are literally unstoppable that if we do run into obstacles and adversities, which we're so happy right now because that hasn't happened, but are we realistic that it's going to happen? Absolutely. But the thing is that uh, we feel like we already have such a, a good foundation and we have resources already that we can can pull from and tools that we can use um, just being best friends and talking stuff out for the past yeah. year that we're just going to lean on that. I think that's key. Marry your best friend and also laying the foundation. The foundation of a friendship is something we forget in modern dating. You see people yeah. in early dating treating each other like shit because they're trying to play the game of like, ooh, can I get this person to like me more? But the foundation of a good relationship is a strong friendship. And some of the things that people do in modern dating, they would never do to their friends. Are you fucking kidding right. me? Like, don't return their friends' text messages or, you know, <laughs> standing someone up because you had other plans, better plans to do. You would never do that to a friend. So I think that's like a huge takeaway from this conversation mm -hmm. is when you are dating someone, you're building that friendship first and seeing yeah. if you can be friends with this person before you can layer on some of the more romantic aspects of a relationship. And I think yeah. my other big takeaway from that is because when you are friends, you don't have preconceived notions, there's no judgment. So you can have more of the real conversations that you were talking about, Trace, that a lot of people don't have when it comes to mm -hmm. early dating. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that you're saying you don't need a good example of marriage to be in a good marriage. You don't need a good example of love or relationship to be in a good, loving relationship. I think this is where we can feel so empowered to create our own love and our yeah. own relationships. Instead of saying, I don't have the guidebook. I don't have people before me to lay <laughs> out the steps for me. Great. That's even better because now you can take the steps to create the love that you want that fits you. Who cares what other people think? Because it's not them. It's about you right. and your partner. Yeah. You guys definitely created your own path. And I love that about this story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've written our own story and uh, we're excited to see uh, what's in store. <laughs> I think you also seize the day. I think so many times we like think about the future, overanalyze that, or we get caught in the past. But you were just like, I enjoy being with this person in the present and I want to make every day more of this. And I think that sometimes it can be just that simple. Sometimes we do just really overanalyze. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just it's being present in what you have and uh, and not looking at the past. And I mean, using that and realizing that it's it's, you know, it's it's created the person that you're becoming. And um, I feel like we use that to our advantage. Well, it's been such a pleasure to hear the story for the second time for myself, but I got more details. Because of Julie. <laughs> Thanks for asking for all the details, Julie. Talk about that drunken night. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I was like, hold up. We need to go hold back. Hold up. Yeah. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. I skimmed over that one. Yeah. yeah. When you were on the bed, what exactly happened? <laughs> um, so thank you so much again, Trace, for telling us your story. And thank you for all of our listeners, because we love sharing stories like this. It gives us mm -hmm. hope and it's it just shows a different way of doing love and everybody has their own way you just have to figure it out for yourself and it yes. should be a fun and exciting process when you meet that person when you know you know that knowing <laughs> feeling is it's like the best feeling in the world we hope that everybody gets to experience that feeling at some time in their life so thank you again for that trace and for all of our listeners we love hearing all the things from you, especially when it comes to reviews in Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Send us a little love letter on Apple Podcasts, maybe five stars, you know, in the review yeah, section. Pay it forward. Seize the day, right? Seize the day. Do it. I Do love it. this. Do it for love. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay, Stay dateable. dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. 
We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.